gets it to first. The Browns are world champions. The Rams were built to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The Golden State Warriors return to a familiar place. They're on top of the NBA world. They reach the summit of the Avalanche for 2022 Stanley Cup champions. Here we go. Episode number 145 of For Future Considerations. I'm John, Matt, and Manny are here. We are ready to just take the world of sports by storm. So much Again. to talk about this week. Again, this guy's, this guy's fired up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm fired up. Let's go. <laughs> because you're fired up. Because John's fired up. I'm fired up. Let's go, boys. <laughs> Let's go. Let's get right to pump it or dump it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the episode for today. <laughs> Rashad, how you been? Good. Did you get a new car? I did. Had a little bit of a week off. My car died. And then the mechanic told me uh, when I wanted to drive it to the auto wrecker, he goes, I wouldn't let you drive this thing around the block. So I had, to get a, I had to get a ride in a tow truck with two of the oldest gentlemen I've ever seen in my life operating a motor vehicle. But they uh, loaded my car on, dragged it away and uh, gave me 300 bucks for uh-huh. it. So How many phone books were they sitting on to see over the steering wheel? <laughs> I was just glad I didn't have to sit in the middle. <laughs> so were their feet through the floorboard like what were you driving <laughs> if they um, said they wouldn't let you drive it around the block they said the brakes were metal on metal and they said the ball joint was going to uh i don't know what he said something really bad about the ball joint i don't know what that is but apparently it's really important rashad's literally dying. the dog sitting in the chair with the fire burning around <laughs> he pulled into the the dealership with the car on fire <laughs> What do you think I can get for it, guys? This is okay. Everything's okay. Everything's fine. Can you fix this? Can you fix it seems this? to be a scratch and needs to be buffed out in the uh, rear wheel hinge. Uh, wow, we're shot. Like, you literally drive cars till they can't drive no more. It's the only car he's ever owned. He's been driving for 43 years. <laughs> and it had a previous owner, too. <laughs> My odometer went back to zero. (laughs) Oh, well, glad you're in one piece, John, because we wouldn't be able to do this without you, brother. (laughs) No, literally. We don't know how this program works. This is the first episode of the week. Stay tuned later. We will share some deets on our guest. For the OT later this week. The OT's back. Yes, guy. Uh-huh. We need a little bit of overtime. We need a little OT, yeah. Maybe a little bit of Canadian finish overtime, huh? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I was going to say, Matt can't squeeze all this rage into one episode. He's got to spread it out over two. <laughs> Just watch me. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> you know what really chaps my ass for shot? <laughs> When people think I can't get all my anger in one episode. You don't think that I can turn blood red for 25 minutes going on and on talking about the Tiger GM search? Uh, Well, we do have a lot to talk about in debate this week, and that is going to get red. We don't want to waste any time, so let's get right to it. Durant fires away, and again, Kevin Durant lighting up the garden, and it's a 20-point game. 
We're actually going to start with the most recent news from the world of basketball. Two months after making his trade demand, Kevin Durant is not going anywhere. KD is staying with the Brooklyn Nets. What do you guys think of this story? Well, he had nowhere else to go because Brooklyn obviously wasn't going to trade him for John Rashad's old car. They actually wanted some value. Nobody was willing to pay the piper. I think this is just, hey, we can't trade you for what you're worth. If you want to play and make $40 million next year, you're going to have to do it with us. That's what I think. Don't you feel sorry for a guy who eh? can't play where he wants to play and has to stay stuck there earning that kind of money? <laughs> you know, I, I was reading a little bit about this because I enjoy the the trade demands in the NBA, and I think it's absolutely ridiculous that, that how that league is run by players in, in that extent. And I don't know if the New Jersey Nets general manager was involved in this, if it was an ownership or whatever, but I was watching a great clip from Stephen A. Smith who I would suggest is probably, behind the three of us, the most influential sports media person out there. Right. And and I thought he made a great point. He's saying, so Kevin Durant tells you, you we have to go get James Harden, who's struggling, wants a ton of money, was overweight when they signed him. They don't, go get him. Don't forget about Kyrie before that. They get Kyrie. Yeah. They go get uh, DeAndre Jordan yeah. for a ton of money. Yeah. They go hire Steve Nash as a head coach because you vouched for him. The guy's never coached a game in his life. And now you want to leave? Yeah. I hope that this is a Brooklyn Nets, I didn't even pick up the phone when somebody called situation because you got us into this. You don't get to leave and then just we'll just figure it out. You're going to make your money, like you said. That, that's the contract that both teams negotiated. But the fact that you don't want to be here, but you brought literally everything to this team because this is what you want. You're not going anywhere, son. Yeah, this is this is like a do- guy dating a girl and giving her everything she wants. And then the girl trying to break up. Yeah. Right? And then you coming back and getting giving more gifts so she stays a little bit longer. And not only that, she slept with your best friend. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and you still want to stay with her. <laughs> and you still want to stay with her. Yeah. And then it turns out that she's got a deposit down on a puppy. And now you think you're really screwed. Now you're stuck for life because you, I, I don't know. I lost track of it. What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it got a little bit personal there, everyone. I got Hold on. I got on. Let me just take another sip here, boys. <laughs> Long story short, Matt doesn't like puppies. <laughs> <laughs> It was supposed to be mine. How do you like puppies? Um, (laughs) But in the end, you're right. They gave him everything. Yeah. And they're not going to let him walk for nothing. So I'm, I'm, you know, it's great that they repaired their relationship or what have you. But I'm more happy that Brooklyn stuck to their guns and said, we're not going to give you for nothing. For sure. Right? For sure. And I'm I'm interested, and it's probably something we'll never find out, interested really how many teams called and how many discussions actually took place and how far any of these discussions went because i think this could very well be a very loud and clear message from the nba of this guy is is not like he is an unbelievable player but he is not somebody that we want to put up with yeah i'm glad you went there because i see this as a lesson for other teams Mm -hmm. um a 
there's free agents who haven't signed with teams. They've been waiting for two months. Teams are not signing anybody because they're waiting to see where Kevin Durant goes or what for the sure. fallout is from that. So yep. there are players that Patrick Beverly even complained about on social media that he, he's got a family. He hasn't signed anywhere because yep. everybody's waiting for Kevin Durant's trade demands to be uh, finalized. Yep. The other <laughs> thing I think that, or at least I hope happens here, is that other NBA teams pay attention and go, we can't be held hostage by one player uh-huh. because you're never going to make them happy. Yeah, And I hope that that's a lesson that we see come to fruition in the future. Agreed. The other big story involving a superstar in the last week involves Deshaun Watson. The NFL and NFLPA have reached a settlement that will see Watson suspended for 11 games for his sexual assault allegations. You guys were close. You said the appeal would likely lead to a 10-game suspension. Can you guys live with 11 games, or is this way too little? It's too little for me. I mean, I, I this is we had said like a ten game suspension, uh, hoping or assuming that that's how the NBA was going to play it out, just from the way that the the Brown schedule was was looking at. I mean, it's 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 not enough for me, um, you know. And we we've, we've already seen it with the Browns and uh, and some of the posts and stuff like that that you see on social media of the fans that are all fired up that Deshaun Watson's back and he'll be healthy and he'll be ready for them to get into the playoffs. And we're already celebrating this goofball. And no, it's, it's not enough for me. I agree. I agree. I, I can't believe it's this short. I can't believe what players in the NFL get away with. This league is just, it's filled with criminals and they don't seem to want to seriously address it. Yeah. Like, I love how John always says he agrees. He seems to agree with that. Let's see if John <laughs> could actually disagree with us sometime oh, today. Okay? If he's got a lot for us to debate, there's got to be one topic that he'll disagree on. But I, too, agree with you guys. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah. Like, what's it take for somebody to be suspended for a full year? Oh, wait, gambling on yeah. games. Right. Right? Right. Like, that's great and all that they reached a settlement. The NFL, P- the NFL tried for a year. The PA said shorter they met in the middle right but in making the announcement this is where i think that fell short like they needed to come out and say if going forward from now on if you face sexual assault allegations from numerous victims not just one yeah but numerous victims minimum you are suspended a year yeah and there is now a benchmark yeah like, there is no benchmark. The first arbitrator, who was a joke, it was Sue L. Robinson, I think was her yeah. name, where she said she she called it predatory activity, yeah. but yet only handed out a six-game suspension because there was no precedent set earlier. Well, set the goddamn precedent now. Yeah. That's there, Isn't that your job, lady? There is no precedent because never before has an NFL player been accused of sexual assault by more than two dozen women. Yeah. So they need to come out and maybe they will over the course of the year. Maybe they will at the end of this upcoming season, but it's a little bit too late. They need to come out and say, going forward, a minimum year suspension for this, 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 and this. Yeah, I, I, I think it's well overdue, you know. And I, I use this as an example, just from like an exclusion list or or things that need to be very clear. And then the way that those rules are spread out, like why can't you say 
that it is a one-year suspension minimum or with appeal or eligible for appeal for DUI, drug charges, domestic right. abuse, right. sexual assault. They just list it off. And then it's up to your your PA, your Players Association, to appeal that. Have whatever settle you know whatever went into this conversation, yeah, yeah. and and make a decision. But it should be, and and it's almost you know it's not anywhere near the same thing of of with baseball with steroids. But like Fernando Tatis Jr. gets eighty games. It doesn't matter if he was doing it to hit. 700 home runs or he was doing it to try to get rid of a tapeworm there's no there's no gray in there it's 80 games so why can't you take a much more serious and in all of these cases not just a self-inflicted damage you're you're doing this to other people you're driving drunk out on the road with other people you're assaulting other people you're distributing drugs with other people involved why can't you just say that is is a year, and then if you want to appeal that, we'll go to an arbitrator or we'll arbitrate it, whatever, but it's now set at a year. That's it. It's long overdue. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I got to be honest. I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. We'll have more football talk in rapid fire, but first, our play of the week. And it comes from the World Junior Hockey Championship. This is incredible. Chip up and was going right in. That's out of the air. Oh, onto the line. It could not be closer. It could not be closer. The two best offensive players, Bedard and McTavish, scraping it desperately. Desperately keeping it off the line. It wasn't unanimous, but it was close. Mason McTavish knocks the puck out of midair on the goal line to stop Finland from scoring in overtime, and Canada would win later in the game to claim gold at the World Juniors. It's a heck of a play. What asshat voted for something else? <laughs> there were two <laughs> other votes. Really? One voted for the Brewers' double play. Uh-huh. One voted for the Chris Taylor catch. Uh-huh. Nobody voted for your Dodgers broadcaster slide. No, which did I loved. You, did you see that, Rashad? That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then just the, oh, there's my shoe. I just thought the broadcast itself and the announcer just going dead silent <laughs> laughing. <laughs> and then he shows up afterwards in a cast. Broken wrist and a broken rib. One of the best things I've ever seen. That makes everybody want to go down that slide now. Oh don't my it? god! I tell you, if that was if that happened next week, that would win. But there's no way you're going to bet this. No, beat this. You're not going to beat McTavish. That's no. a that might be the save of the history of the tournament, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Like- Absolutely, yeah. it is. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was. That was a pretty good game too. Yeah, like one of the best gold medal games ever. The Finns came back. They yeah. nearly won it on that play. Your boy Mason McTavish, who I know you're a big fan of, <laughs> makes the big play, and then they win it in overtime. You can't beat that for a gold medal. Yeah, that was that was really something. That was edge of your seat. Overtime is so good, and yeah, I love a great goal line save in a very, very unorthodox way. There had to be a bunch of Americans that uh, created fake accounts on Twitter and voted for Chris Taylor. <laughs> the other, and the Brewers double play. <laughs> yeah. The um, uh, Did you guys get into the World Juniors, by the way? I didn't at all. 
I, I really missed the whole thing. I followed along for the scores and stuff, um, but I, once it got into the medals, I, I was kind of paying attention and hitting refresh, but uh, I didn't watch too much of it at all. John? Yeah, I watched, I watched the overtime, actually, because I got a notification on my phone, but I kind of avoided it. I just felt like I didn't want to support Hockey Canada and everything that's been going on. It just felt kind of... I don't know, for one of the first times in my life, I'm kind of like, I don't want to support this. I don't like the cover-up that has been going on, and I feel like I'm a party to it if I watch the World Juniors. And also, it's kind of a weird time of year to watch hockey as well. So you voted for the double play, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) We found one of them, Manny. We found one of them. (laughs) See, Rashad, I disagree with you. None of the players on the ice had to do anything with the sins of the past for hockey Canada. So why penalize these players? Yeah, that's a good point. I like hockey in the summer. It reminded me of the pandemic a few years ago when the NHL was playing mm-hmm. in a bubble. Mm-hmm. Granted, I didn't get into the tournament at all in the round <laughs> robin. It was more the metal games right. where I started sure, watching. Sure. <laughs> you had me there almost. Almost. <laughs> Our play of the week is brought to you by London Awnings, quality that shows. And as always, remember to vote on next week's poll. We post the options every Monday on Twitter podcast ffc yeah, the video is there for you as well to vote share retweet and then we will reveal the winner on next episode or the next episode next week and now some more hockey talk got the circle mckinnon across for landerskog rebound score Nazem Kadri is signed with the Calgary Flames. It's a seven-year deal worth $7 million a season, and this is the first of a two-parter. What do you think of the deal, and what do you think of the work by the Calgary Flames during this offseason? You know, Brad Trevelling, I, I don't know if you can win executive of the year in the offseason, but <laughs> you lose Johnny Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk, and you somehow come out ahead, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. I mean, I... I uh, I'm not sold on Nazem Kadri. I feel like he was in in a great situation in Colorado and had a lot of pressure taken off of him. Or now he's coming back to a Canadian market. He's going to be a big player or going to, supposed to be a big player in that circuit. I don't love the Nazem Kadri part of it. I think it's great that they were able to get the next available guy to basically fill in as best you could, Johnny Goudreau. But uh, I think he's done a pretty impressive job rebuilding that team in a, in a couple of weeks. And uh, and all of a sudden now, you, you know, you look at Calgary and if they've got the same kind of guys coming back and and they're able to to play the same type of uh of of skill level that they've been playing before they're still going to be right there yeah that is remarkable to be able to pull off that kind of deal when you've had your hands tied like that i don't think i've ever seen someone do this in an off season where you turn around your fortunes so well i mean in the deal first of all everyone knew they had to make that deal they didn't do too bad in the deal in the original deal and then he turns around and uh, manages to pull this off yeah, you lose Goudreau, the sky is falling. Mm-hmm. Then you lose Kachuk. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yep. It's Rashad's car all over again, burning, driving down the highway. Uh-huh. Right? But you turn that around and you get Huberdeau as well as Kadri. And oh yeah, you add Mackenzie Weger on the blue line. Yep. That's pretty good. Sure is. Right? Like I think <clears throat> Huberdeau had a 
tremendous career year in Florida last year. Uh-huh. I also think Kadri had a tremendous career year yeah. in Colorado la- last year as well. So I don't know if they will replicate their numbers that they produce. Agreed. However, when you add them together with the other parts on the team, they're going to be very competitive. Your number one line, Lindholm to Foley and Hubie Dooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. And then you got Kadri with Blake Coleman and Andrew Mangiapane on the second line. That's a good top six. That's really good. That and, and then you got Backlund centering your third line. Yeah. So um, I, I think the GM's done a tremendous job with the Flames to make them competitive. Mm-hmm. I think... The you know everybody's going to look at them now as securing at least a playoff spot mm-hmm. in the West and possibly doing more. The Kadri deal, he's thirty one, and he's got a seven year deal now at seven mil a year. Yeah. That's going to get old really quick, in my opinion. Yeah, but maybe that's the price of poker, right? That's just it. I mean, you and I, I agree that. I don't think Huberto does what he did last year. I don't think Kadri does what he did last year. As long as there's not a drop off there, they're okay and, and they're they're fine. But yeah, I, that's that's just it. I mean, you know, you you lose those two guys, and like you said, literally, it's in flames, and you're able to at least recover a few extra players and and move some of that around. And I know we're going to get to the the Monahan part of that too to to make to swing that deal and and make the Kadri deal acceptable. Again, I, I think the the Calgary Flames could very well have said, yeah, it's it's too bad that those guys are gone and kind of walked away with their hands in their pockets and their head down and said, well, we'll we rebuild. It'll take a couple of years or whatever. And Brad Chevelling was like, no, hang on, we'll let's let's see what we can do here. Do you think Daryl Sutter sat there and said, you better do something because I'm not here for a rebuild? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't think this is uh, – we're giving a lot of uh, love to Brad Treveling here, but um, I don't think Sutter was just sitting in his office saying, let me know who's coming to camp. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And like Matt said, uh, part two of this is uh, Monaghan and a conditional first-round pick in 2025 to Montreal for future considerations. Uh, what do you think of that deal? And Manny, since you're the Habs fan, we'll start with you. Uh, I texted Matt, I think, the day of the deal, and I said, if it was just Monaghan, I didn't like it because he's making 6.25 yeah. now. But you add <laughs> in a conditional first-rounder, now I'm liking this deal. Because, again, Montreal is nowhere near – close to winning anything at the moment. Mm-hmm. And now they've got four really good centers. You got Suzuki, Dvorak, Kirby Doc, who you still have to sign, and now Sean Monahan. If Monahan, he's been injured a lot of late. Yeah. And he's got bad hips and that sort of thing. If he plays even a shell of himself and plays well, he's in the final year of his deal. You could flip him at the trade deadline yeah. and get value for yeah. him. Or, you know what? We like him. We'll flip to Vorak and we'll keep Monaghan and sign him to a less expensive deal going forward. Everybody talks about how centers are important in the NHL. I think this is a great move by Montreal because of the conditional first rounder that they get to, because now they're they're building assets, and I think they're going to flip somebody to get even more assets going forward. Yeah, well, you could draft a goalie. Uh, we're going to need one. 
<laughs> and speaking of that, Carey Price may not play goal for the Canadians this season at all because of his knee injury. Is it time for Price to call it a career? Knees are so important to a goalie. If you can't, <laughs> if you can't play um, because your your knees hurt and you can't get up and down and you can't slide left to right, right to left, that sort of thing, it looks like it's the end of a career here for him. Now, I understand that he's got a lot of money still coming his way. He's still got four years left on his deal. Mm-hmm. But that's what insurance is for. That's why NHL teams have insurance. You can work out an agreement to make sure he gets paid a portion of the contract that he has remaining left yep. and let him, you know, call it a career. I don't want him to ruin his legacy. You know, Montreal's done a good job of that already. This guy's played with one player who's had an 80-point season in his entire career in Montreal. There's only been one season that Carey Price is at an 80-plus point player on his team. Colorado won the Cup with four guys over 80 points last year, <laughs> just last year. And Carey Price has had one his entire career. Anywhere else, he wins a Cup. And he's performed on the international level, <laughs> at, in the Olympics, World Hockey Championships, World Junior Championships. Like, he's got a Hall of Fame career. There's no doubt about it in, in my life. Um, but I think it might be time for him to call it a career. Yeah, I think with that cup run that he was able to pull off with that team when people weren't really expecting it, consider that the highlight because it's going to be too long before this team is competitive. And I think it's time to, to bow out as well. So it'll be 37, essentially, when he can play again or 36 i guess turning 37 his birthday was just a couple days ago by the way happy birthday happy birthday carrie thanks for would love to have you on the show um yeah i mean he wasn't great last year he only played what 15 games last year five five prospects yeah like and like you said i mean that if it was his knees or his hips as a 35 to be 36 year old goaltender uh, yeah that that's not great and and like you said when when he comes back this team isn't a guy away or in any sort of mindset that they're a guy away I feel like he'd just be coming back for the money and you know no, oh, that's again entirely up to him but i i think it would be a bad uh, look Ultimately, at the end, I think the only way that this this really plays out is if he comes back and Montreal sits him down and says, listen, Kerry, we love you. We've already started building the statue. You're a guy. Number retired. Whatever's going up in the rafters. Where do you want to go? We'll try to get you somewhere to win a cup. But you ain't playing here anymore. We've got. The guy that uh, just walked off the uh, Forest Glade Rec League uh, <laughs> backup goalie number sixty nine coming in here. Where where do you want to go? Can we get you somewhere so that you get a you get a cup run in you again? What's what is the you know you've done so much for our franchise? What's the what's the one thing that we can try to do for you? 
it's not going to be stepping on the ice with a Canadian's jersey on anymore, though. Like he can stay on long-term injury reserve for the rest of the length of his contract. Sure. He may end up ultimately to get traded one day for for the money, or or knowing that he's not coming back just for the cap hit. Right, but I just don't think it's right for him to stay on LTIR for all the years that has remaining left on for his, sure on his contract. Yeah, that's a bad look too. Yeah. Are you ready? And now it's time for Rapid Fire. We have several listener questions for you guys. So let's start with this quote. I've been struggling with my sinker for about five, six starts now. And, um, I made a pitch and uh, obviously hit judge. And obviously uh, I looked at him and I said, man, you know, I'm not trying to do that. And I think he understood that. And um, I think if Garrett wants to do something, he can walk past the Audi side next up. Alec Manoa speaks to reporters after hitting Aaron Judge with a pitch and referring to Garrett Cole, who was fired up and yelling at Manoa. We've got a few questions about this, like this one from Dwayne in London, who asks, how great is this for rivalries in baseball? Uh, it's. I think this is a one-off. I don't think there's a rivalry here at all. I think it's somewhat manufactured by the, the media. I mean, uh, Alec Manoa has proven in his very, very short major league career that he's he's not shy to run his mouth and uh, Garrett Cole I don't know why was so upset after that because Aaron Judge and Manoa basically had a picnic together after he hit him and, and talked it through uh, like they were at relationship counseling so I mean I don't I don't I think this is a stretch for a, a rivalry to say but I he's a personality man the, the guy is we saw it in the all-star game we see it in some of its quotes here like this this kid is is alive i think he's the kind of player that baseball needs for sure but does this spark a major rivalry between the two no it's not boston new york right it's not yeah. red sox yankees however i would love to see these teams go at it september 26th okay they're gonna meet again yep i'd love it now, let me ask you this. And, I and, love it. And we're it's gonna, AL East. Everybody knows in yeah. the AL East there's a bit of a rivalry there. We're going to exclude John from this conversation. Okay. It's the playoffs. It's a best of seven series. You have to, not who you think is going to win, you have to, for the week, wear that team's jersey around anywhere you go. Who do you want to win that series? Not who do you think would win, not, oh, they got Aaron Judge, they're better. Who do you? Who would you root for as a fan in those out of those two teams? Probably the Blue Jays. Yeah, probably the Blue Jays. Just because, uh, just because I just don't like the Yankees. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I mean. I don't. Yeah. I don't like either of them. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be happy if they tied. <laughs> Can we go back to the All-Star game when Bud Selig just decided it was a tie in Milwaukee the one year? No more. You know what? Uh, neither of you get through. <laughs> September 26th in Toronto, the Yankees visit. Ooh, that'll be a big, big crowd. Maybe Cole and Manoa can be on the mound at the same time. Be, right? in that, that, that would be good. Four-game <laughs> series. That would be good. That's right at the end. I want to see it. Yeah. That's right at the end. It's, it's going to mean yeah, something, yeah, especially if sure. the Yankees keep falling. Yeah, for sure. Well, what do you guys think, though, if Cole hits somebody, then it's a rivalry, right? The hitting thing doesn't do anything for me. The The rivalry is, to me, it's, you got to, you know, the like the, the best rivalry the Blue Jays had in the last 10 years was that really short window of time with the Texas Rangers. Right. 
Like right. that was a rivalry. They they went back and forth. There was literally punches thrown. There was the walk off. There was the the bat flip. There was the throwing at him afterwards. Like that's a rivalry. I I expect Garrett Cole is going to throw at somebody because he's shit. But, <laughs> but I, I I don't know. It, you know if so. Who does he hit on the Blue Jays? Like you're going to have to hit Vlad, right? Right. That's going to send somebody over the edge. And sure, you get, but for me, the rivalry is born in the playoffs is the, you know, that the, they knock him out the one year, you knock him off the next year. The the dislike is one thing, but like a true rivalry is, is you know, I don't think, I think the Yankees are an easy target in this probably just because nobody likes the Yankees right. unless you're a Yankee fan. You know, if this is, if this is the Cleveland Indians, did they really start a rivalry? Probably not, but um, yeah, I mean, it, I need a little bit more than than the than the back and forth. I'm ready for it. Uh, Let's go. We do need a good rival in baseball. Yes, there really isn't a great one. There really isn't. And we talked about this before. We asked the question on social media about challenging balls and strikes in minor league baseball. Some fans say they don't like it, and Rick said it would just make the game even longer. What are your guys' thoughts? I'd said it before. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. You know, anybody can challenge it, whether it's the batter, whether it's the the pitcher or the catcher. Even the umpire can challenge the call from the robot, right? Like, mm-hmm. I love it, if, especially if it only takes like – 10 seconds, like we talked about it last time with tennis. Yeah, right? we saw a video on Podcast FFC and on Instagram and yeah. uh, and Twitter of, of how it's done in the minor leagues. Uh, for me, the only thing is, is there's got to be a limit. Each team can do it maybe twice. Uh, we can't go back and forth in at-bats and extend the at-bats. Like there, There's a fine line between baseball getting this right and making these three-and-a-half-hour games even longer. Uh, but What about three you times? have to get... No, no. You know what? what I'll give you, if I'll you give win, you this. if you okay. win, it, if you win a challenge, yep. you get to keep it to use it even further. I'll give you that, but it's a cap at three. So if you challenge twice, you don't get two more. Why not? If I won the, the challenge, one. no, you get the extra one. That's the bonus. No, the come bonus. on. Look, if we, if we really have to challenge five decisions a game by these umpires, what are we doing here? Right. It just proves we need robots. <laughs> just, we I, look. I am pro robot this entire time. Get rid of them. Put a little uh, martini glass in their hand with a little straw. Maybe use a hot dog <laughs> and see what. <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> and see what uh, you know. Make sure they got the best seats in the house. But get rid of them. Take the power away. <laughs> I will eat a lot of things, but that clip that we shared on our social media of that guy using a hot dog as a straw, that's beyond the limit for me. Is that crazy or is that genius? Uh, Rashad says it's crazy. He thinks it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'll only say it's crazy because I don't want to be the guy that got the hot dog shoved in his mouth drinking out of the <laughs> Listen, of course it's crazy. Hey, you don't drink beer with a straw to begin with. Doesn't that get you why drunk you faster? Eat, why would you use a hot dog as a straw? <laughs> it's awful. It's crazy. 
feel like I'm taking crazy pills here. <laughs> the thing I do love is of that clip. There's so many things about that clip that I do enjoy. The one I think that I enjoy the most is he does appear to just be there alone. <laughs> and he's got an aisle seat. And he said, no, no I'm going to get myself a dog and a beer. No and day. I'm going to put those two things together. <laughs> And no one's going to know the difference. That's probably the first time he's ever done it before. Oh. He's sitting there like, you know what? I, the, 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 we were talking about this last week with the boys. Uh, you know, this would be so funny. I'd, I'd do this. they take a picture of it. That's a viral video. Do you want to catch up with your hot dog? No. Mustard? No. no. Relish? Um, no. I don't like. No. <laughs> How about a beer? So I'm going to say it's genius. <laughs> of course. <laughs> this guy has probably got a TikTok account that's going through the roof right now. Recipes and stuff. Brutal. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how about the news from Dana White on the weekend who said John Gruden quashed a deal that would have brought Tom Brady and Gronk to the Las Vegas Raiders. Do you think Brady and Gronk would have won a Super Bowl in Vegas? Uh... That's a terrible look for the Raiders. <laughs> How you doing, Kiefer? <laughs> <laughs> However, I don't think they would have won because I think the roster in Vegas was not as good as the roster in Tampa Bay. It was pretty right? thin, for sure. Right. It was pretty thin. But you imagine Gronk in the black hole. Brady there. Ooh, that looked pretty good. That would have looked pretty good. I can only imagine. I can't imagine there. John Gruden just says, nah. <laughs> Seems like a bit of a headache. He's too old. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's he got left? We're in Vegas here. There's yeah. no old people in Vegas. He's got nothing left in the tank. <laughs> I would bet my life. No, now Gruden's won a Super Bowl for Tampa Bay twice. Yeah. Once when he was coach and one was he was coaching another team. <laughs> now Gruden's calling football games with Urban Meyer comparing notes. <laughs> At least I got a few years in me. <laughs> And uh, we also got a question from Dave and Kitchener who wants our thoughts on Baker Mayfield being named QB1 for the Carolina Panthers. Oh, this was easy. Yeah. <laughs> like Sam Darnold, his completion percentage was under 60% yeah. last year. And Baker actually took a team to the AFC Championship game. I know he's battled some injuries of late, but uh, for Carolina moving forward, Baker Mayfield was the right choice for sure, and I think it's a it's a great lineup. It uh, sets up for a pretty exciting week one. I hope the Carolina Panthers just pound the shit out of them, pound the shit out of Cleveland. Yep. I yeah, got, I got Panthers money line right out of the gate. You know what? I might take pick, I might take Baker in the uh, fantasy league that we got going. Oh here. yeah, I take him round one. He'll be our starting QB for week one. Week one, one and then drop his ass. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine again, going back to the draft, and this is one of our favorite things to do. Manny and I will sit here and we're seven or eight cocktails in. It's eight o'clock at night. Yes. <laughs> going through old drafts. When did that guy get picked? And then basically comparing the Tigers draft picks to people who actually live in Manny's neighborhood now. <laughs> when you go through that draft, the, the New York Jets take Sam Darnold, number three. They've got the number one and number three overall quarterbacks on their roster from the 2018 draft, which isn't that long ago. Right. This isn't a decade ago. No. This is just four years ago. And then you look at some of the guys behind him. So they, they went with Darno. 
Denzel Ward went next, then Bradley Chubb, then Quentin Nelson, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen was a little bit further down in there. Like, there's some great players in this draft. You wonder why the Jets are still trying to figure out their quarterback uh, situation. They got the number one, <laughs> number three overall picks on a different team now. Yeah. <laughs> and they're fighting for a job. It's not even a, a clear cut job. And Carolina won't make the playoffs no, with them. They're going to be junk. Don't you know, pump it up. You've got to pump it up. And now it's time for Pump It or Dump It. And remember, we're playing pre-90s classics and wondering if we would still play them at a party today. This submission comes from John in Windsor. That song is Back to Life by Soul to Soul, released in 1989. So, fellas, pump it or dump it. Oh, yeah. We're pumping that all the time. That's a great song. It's got a great beat. It does. Always loved it. Always loved it. Rashad? Me too. Me too. One of my favorite dance songs of all time. I love that song. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Holy. That's a nugget. You danced to this? Like you put the moves out on the dance floor? How do you <laughs> no, like- I just mean I liked dance music back in the nineties. Didn't mean I could actually dance. No, no. This this song comes on. Rashad's right <laughs> off the wall, though. He's uh, he was standing around with the, with all his buddies on the wall. They had uh, "Kiss from a Rose" was right. playing. <laughs> and then this, and comes, then this on. Song comes on hot dog let's go let's go <laughs> are you doing the subway or the mop or are you just like kind of doing some flailing arms are you grocery shopping are you a shoulder shuffler are you doing the sprinkler <laughs> is he doing the waltz Actually, the running man was big when i was oh, there it yeah. is all right all right so if you're going to a wedding next weekend <laughs> You're at the midnight table grabbing your poutine or whatever. This song comes on. You're leaving your plate at the buffet. Mr. John, I closed down Pizza Hut Rashad. Just to shake your moneymaker to this song? Is this what's going to happen? Oh, yeah. I love this song. Oh, I love it. I love it. However do you want me. However do you need me. Uh, How? (laughs) What other songs did this band have? Do they have anything else? I think there was Uh, one other big song, wasn't there? Keep on moving, was it? Yes. That's a good one, Rashad. He danced to that one, too. Keep on moving. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) They won two Grammys. They should. That's pretty good. This is gold, Jerry. Gold. This, I'm telling you. Okay, is the lead singer Karen Wheeler? Do we have that? I think that's her name. Oh, wow. You can pull the lead singer. Whoa, wait a minute. It is. Now uh, you're pulling off names? Karen Wheeler. There's Jazzy B, which I'm surprised wasn't the first one that came out of your mouth. Um, Charlotte <laughs> Kelly, Karen Wheeler. And the past member list is uh, longer than Manny's dating resume. 
<laughs> and about as colorful. <laughs> and I bet you they all dance to this song too. <laughs> shot. That's cool. And that's our debate for this episode. Ooh, we're ending on a high note again, folks. Ending uh, on a high note. And we are not done. We have our second episode of the week being released this Friday. Yes, our guest is going to make history on For Future Considerations. He is former NHL enforcer Nathan Parrott, becoming the first father-son pair that's ever appeared on the show. Oh, that's true. Another golden nugget right there. (laughs) Well done. So yeah, stay tuned for that. And also in the meantime, remember to follow us on our social media accounts, Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram, and For Future Considerations on Facebook. And if you have any show or guest suggestions, questions for us for an upcoming debate, send us an email for future considerations at gmail.com, or you can DM us on social media. For sure. We want to thank all of our sponsors for this episode as well. As always, the familiar household name of London Awnings, quality that shows, and the guy who may be sleeping in the basement of your house, Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training and nutrition. John, don't worry. He's not going to eat all your food he may drink all your water (laughs) i hope you're not set up on a well (laughs) (laughs) well thank you guys very much for listening we will talk to you on the ot on the next edition of four future considerations that was a disgraceful performance in my opinion in my opinion that sucked their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.